Schwaub. Schwaub. Wow. Schwaub. Wow. Wowie. I was trying to make the uh, sound that the Skype makes when the Skype Skypes. Morning, John. Uh, how you doing, buddy? Oh. What? Oh, that sounded, you sounded defeated already. Oh, it's no, you know. S- seven in the morning. No, no, uh, I'm not, I'm not defeated. I've, I've actually, um, I'm in a mode right now that I sometimes get into when Rian's out of town, uh, where, cause I, I wake up early typically, um, mm-hmm. but you know, I don't want to, that's quality time there. I don't want to abandon my lady in the, mm. uh, you know, afloat on a sea of slumber. So I usually just try to lounge around in bed and read and then fall back to sleep some more and then, you know, get up with her later. But when she's she's gone, like, I got no reason to stay in bed. So I get up and start doing shit. So I went and bought a uh, bought a new mailbox. And then I decided... A new mailbox. Tried to install it before the podcast, <laughs> um, which is why we're starting 15 minutes late, because I ran into trouble. <laughs> with the postal... With the post the postman? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> with, just with um with my a, with a, a, a an odd sized package. Yeah, well, it's just mo- mostly the problem is my own impatience and lack of of um, skill. But uh, well, ba- you know, we used to have with this very very costly mailbox. It was like sixty dollars because I wanted to install it and for it to be sturdy. And to last for decades, I didn't yeah. want to have to do this again uh, after a few years. Well, it's not a few. It's like eight years. So it did last a while. But it rusted horribly to the point where it was al- almost completely falling apart. And I thought, well, if it's just going to rust, I might as well get a $20 aluminum one and replace it with that. The other thing is that like, I, dr- I dug a hole and then I put the post in the hole and then I filled it in with gravel and rocks and stuff, but that shit just doesn't work. No, um, John, you need to you need to put some cement or something I, in yeah, there. Yeah, I know. But here, yeah, but now there's another problem. It's it. You have to put it across the street from our house, but across the street there's a ditch, and so the ground drops off very quickly, and so there's no place for purchase really. So what a lot of people on my block do, on my street do, is they <laughs> they take like uh. They take a couple of two-by-fours, like 10-foot-long or even 16-foot-long two-by-fours, and they they screw them to the the mailbox post. And then they go across the ditch, and then they put a thinner piece of wood on the end, and they jam that into the ground. So the whole thing is braced with this crazy articulated, you know. But now what they're doing is they're filling in the ditches on our street. So they're putting in pipes. All the water is going to run under the ground now. And what they're just going to pull the whole mailbox out of the ground and stick it in a barrel for a month anyway. So, mm-hmm. but I was thinking, okay, well, I'll do it all at once, right? I'll replace the rusty mailbox. And by that time, this will be settled and then I can cement it in there. But the rusty mailbox, it was literally about to fall to pieces. Yeah. So I had to replace it. And then, you know... You want to? I wanted to bolt it onto the post. Is this exciting to talk about? This is, no, this is, this is interesting, no. isn't it? No, it's not. It's and not. Instead I have so the, many questions, but I don't. I'm just waiting for the story to. And I mean, you're a professional narrative creator. I'm sure it's going somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, it's, it's and just, then I ate the chip. He says, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. Anyway, well, why don't why you do ask you your still, questions? Do you? How much mail do you get in 2015? Fair do you amount. get enough mail to warrant mailboxes? Mm-hmm. So I have a PO box. I check it once, twice a week, yeah. and there's hardly anything in there. Entertainment uh, Weekly. I go there. It's I'm paying however much just to have my Entertainment Weekly and uh, New Yorker and Crate and Barrel circulars. That's all wow. I get. Wow. You actually subscribe to Entertainment Weekly? It was like an airport airplane points thing. <laughs> Like a frequent flyer points. How many frequent flyer bo- miles do you get to? I got I racked up a lot on AirTran. Yeah. When I was teaching at George Washington and flying <laughs> back and forth across the country. Yeah. I don't want to fly AirTran again. I don't even know and what that so, is. AirTran. And it so sounds, I, it sounds like Amtrak in the sky. Yeah, it's like AirTrain that they they couldn't afford the extra vowel. <laughs> or probably bolts. You know, for the the fuselage. Uh, so we we subscribed to uh, Entertainment Weekly. And we got used to it. It's a terrible magazine. It used to be all right. It used to be fine. It used to have articles and some intelligent stuff. But uh, now it's I, some pictures of uh, Shakira or somebody. How's it going, Oscar? Oh, sorry about that. That's right. Yeah, I had a really rough day yesterday. Like I had, like I was, I dropped him off at daycare. A little late, and uh, went to a, this churchy coffee shop, and uh, wrote a story. I've been writing a story a day. Really? And, uh, yeah. And uh, had my the short. Yeah, I'm just I'm just uh, envious of you because I'm not. I haven't been writing. Yeah, I haven't been writing in t- short stories in ten years. No, so. I I remember some of them very distinctly though. Yeah. Um, and so I was finished. Yeah, you know, finished the draft and. Uh, Trying to figure out what to do with the rest of the day. I thought maybe I'd go to the storage shed and get my bike. Haven't been riding my bike for yeah. a while. It's kind of a nice day. We, had, we decided to go up to three days of daycare so that I could get more riding done. And, Great. And, uh, then, then the daycare called and said that he was inconsolable, mm-hmm. um, throwing a fit. And uh, I had the, it was as if this was not a daycare facility, but. Um, uh, just some puzzled adults <laughs> that a child's a child whose whose home a child had wandered into was uh was sort of the feeling. Yeah. I think it was a pretty bad fit. He, he, he has a throw the fit every three or four months, which I think is normal. Some kids throw fits every day, all the time. So um so I had to go get him. Yeah, I know of. that I know that feeling well of having your having your special day uh laid out before you and then the phone rings. Looks well, like I I I sort of already achieved what I had hoped to do with a day. So that two hours was turned out. I was I was fine, you know. But uh, I was I was uh, well worried about him. He seemed really sad. Oh, he was fine by the time I got there. And then uh, I thought, <laughs> you know, he's we're kind of going to a cut rate daycare. They're very <laughs> caring and loving, but understaffed and yeah. I don't know. There's a swimming pool there. It seems very weird. And uh, a swimming pool. They have like a little toddler's pool. They swim in. Oh. Probably the filthiest body of water this side of Love Canal. Yeah, um, that's a that's a that's a litigation risk there in on several I, levels. 
I think every every dime that we're paying to them goes to their insurance company. Yeah, so. actually, I was thinking about that the other day. How does anyone run a day? Why does anyone run a daycare in 2015? Does need? They need to be there. My God, yeah. we need we need more of them. Yeah, but you know you got yeah. Be- anyway, so so I, but you know I was questioning. I, was, I don't know. Made me feel bad that I don't make more money so that I can't afford a daycare that can take care of my child appropriately. <laughs> it's it's happy children only. Happy children daycare. Yeah, or I don't know. We had a place in Seattle that just we've had we've been to a couple other daycares over the last couple of years, and never more than a couple of days a week. Um, and the others have just been more heavily staffed. This is as interesting as. The mailbox story, I'm sure, to many oh, people. Oh, no, it's, it's fascinating. Um, there's not enough people there. You know, too many kids. Always screaming, but that's the nature of kids. Yeah. I can't, um, I can't take shrieking. I, you know, I, didn't, I don't think I could take it when I, was, uh, when I had toddlers either. I don't think our kids shrieked. What? They, no. I remember one of them. They, I won't name him. They whimpered a lot. Or her. Him. <laughs> I don't want to be I don't want to give any any markers as to who it is. He, him, but some she child her. of yours. Yeah. Who was alive at the time of our wedding when you all came in and stayed with us in New Orleans. Yeah. I think it was the middle of potty training. Oh and, yeah, it was. And it this, definitely was. This child or person was uh not in a, not in a good mood, and there was, was a lot of shrieking. He was. I see. I didn't remember that. Maybe I've yeah. just shut it all out. Yeah, as I will shut this out as well. <laughs> sure, so that I can continue to love. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's what lets you have a second one. In our case, is you yeah. you your your mind gets blanked. Yeah, I will say though, uh, though our children were not difficult to raise. The um, Owen Owens. The, the those years the potty training years were those were unpleasant mm-hmm. especially with a willful child yeah but so I, I got the mailbox installed and it's and i uh took some gravel from the side of the road and i poured it into the into the ever growing hole to temporarily stabilize it until the the road workers come and plop it into a bucket yeah so mail carriers, you think when they see a new mailbox on their route, do they think, hey, new mailbox? And, or do they even notice? Uh, I think they notice, especially especially when the one that you have replaced it with, the homeowner has replaced it with, um, is in disrepair. Uh, I had a, We got a really, we had a tiny mailbox at our old place. Um, and those are the days when we had a lot of magazine subscriptions. So they always had to be stuff had to be folded into it. You know, it was one of those mailboxes that's essentially letter sized. And if you want to get a magazine into it, you have to fold it in half. And it's got a little flap, little aluminum flap that opens up. And the mailman did not like it one bit. And usually the mail was jammed into the you know the little hook underneath it, little crook. Yeah. Um, and then I replaced it with a with a gigantic. Um, gigantic, sort of traditional shaped mailbox. And uh, the first day, he showed up and said, "Hey, nice mailbox." <laughs> did notice? Yeah, he did. What are you doing? I was trying to. Cl- the 
lens on the webcam seemed hazy, indistinct. Maybe that's uh, maybe I'm projecting. You. Yeah, you're projecting, Ed. Yeah, I'm glad about the mailbox. Yeah, I don't have I'm... a mailbox right now. We have, we have two post office boxes. Well, we have a post office box, which is mostly my stuff, and then there's a mailbox in a bank of mailboxes here at the uh, uh, apartment complex. We don't check them very often. I remember how much, and we've talked about this, checking the mailbox was seemed to be the main thing that one did as a writer. Yeah. I mean, you, in fact, wrote, became a novel, I think, really stemming from yeah. the mailbox focus. Yes, absolutely. That would not have, I would not have written that were I not no. so focused on getting manuscripts back in the mail. Right. Were you not a writer? You may not have written that novel. <laughs> yeah, I might not have. It's funny how things, how, how fate works. And the, the obsessive quality of that book, I think, is related to the obsessive relationship with mailboxes that we had in the last century. Um, now that's, I, that's I don't... Over. Uh, I, it's not, there's a lot of things, this is old man talk, uh, but a lot of things that have disappeared from our lives that I did not expect to, to have disappeared. Right, there's some things you expect to go, people. Um, things that have been around, you know, uh, things that already seemed kind of archaic. Um, but I, I would not have predicted the large domain or irrelevance of mailboxes, newspapers, telephones. Yeah. Human conversation. Now, now. Well, or a certain way of talking, a certain way of of of, of catching up with. Okay, people. so what have we lost? Well, I think we have we have shallower relationships. Do you really? Because people don't. Yeah, it's not not much face to face talk. Well, if it isn't a little Oski Bo. I I I think maybe I think maybe that's in your case the result of having a small <laughs> child and moving around a lot. Moving Rather. around a lot. Moving around a lot. Yeah. But in my case, I've I this portion of my life, or at least until the last week when all of my friends moved away, was more um, more uh, conversation, FaceTime focused than, uh, than any other time in my life, except maybe for graduate school. Yeah. There's a lot of band practicing. Yeah. A lot of, uh, yeah, that's true. That's nice. And of course, I, t- I teach, so I'm, I'm yeah. talking to people in that. Context. You leave the house, for example. I, yeah, I, I do yeah. leave the house, yeah. Yeah. I do leave yeah. the house. Yeah. We've been looking for houses. Like yeah, still. That. Yeah. It's uh um I said it's I think it's odd for Oscar uh to I think or not odd, I think you know, they think children accommodate to anything. But the idea that this is what adults do with their spare time is they go <laughs> into houses that other people live in or are abandoned just for fun for five or ten minutes. <laughs> and they examine the whole house. They go they, they want to see the whole house. Our curiosity is enormous. <laughs> For what is in other houses? How do we select these other houses? I think it's a mystery to him. Yeah. Um, and why, you know, how they relate to the future is 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 a uh, not something that's in his calculus. Like, oh, let's go look inside this house. Let's look under this rock. Let's look in this cabinet. <laughs> and then one day you move under that rock, and you where live do all there the people now? live? Yeah. Are all these houses empty? That we pass as we drive around. Does he ask these questions, or are you uh, imagining him? He asks none of these questions. <laughs> is he as um, is he a, as uh, quiet 
not not con- not voluble as he seems from my distant uh, observation of him. People say that. People, people. That's the impression people get. Yeah. Um, I don't see that because he talks constantly to us. Yeah, that's what I was asking. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd assume so. He's merely uh, he's merely private. He keeps his own That's counsel. All. Yeah. 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 If he doesn't is, talk to you, maybe he doesn't got nothing to say to you. Is someone operating a dot matrix printer in your house? Can you hear that? Yeah, what is it's it? Our ref- it's our refrigerator. <laughs> How bad is it? It's not supposed to make that sound. No. Oh, it's not interfering with the recording very much, but it's 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 audible to me. That's a thing you have to live with. That's extraordinary. Yeah, we've gotten used to it. This is that that the refrigerator came with the apartment, I hope. Oh yeah, yeah. All, All the right, appliances. Good. good. So when you in, find we'll be here long after we leave. When you find the rock you're going to live under, you'll ha- you'll have uh, you'll have a different one. You won't hear that yeah. anymore. No, it'll be louder or quieter. Yeah. But the disappearance of newspapers uh, and telephones is startling to me too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I so my uh, Toby uh, is now reading. Uh, Red Mars, the Kim Stanley Robinson science mm-hmm. fiction novel. And one of the things I remember from it, I read it when I was in graduate school, was um, everyone had uh, little computers on their wrists that had access to their personal library of data. They could read all their books right there on their, you know, all their research materials were right there on their wrist. Um, and this is, you know, this takes place very far in the future. Um but not only do we have that, but um, the idea that you'd have to have your own personal library is absurd because all of the information is available to everyone all the time. And, of yeah. course, it's made us all much smarter, and we're all making much better decisions now. Are we? But, but I wouldn't have— That's good to know. It, yeah. I—do I, uh, you—I don't know, Ed. I— I I uh, realize now that I that I hated newspapers. I always hated them. They were a chore. Yeah, they were a chore with all their folding. Yeah, their ink. Most of most of the newspaper. But what I, what I, what I miss of it was uh, my impression of the newspaper as a kid was that it was an adult thing. It's like here is a thing of the adult world. Yeah, is the newspaper this thing that that uh, you read involved visually conspicuously reading. Mm-hmm. And maybe half reading, half paying attention to you, but uh, something that was the idea that 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 uh, what's going on in the world uh, is something that you ought to know at the beginning of the day, in fact, um, and uh, something that you can talk about with <laughs> the people that you wake up with, your family or whoever. Yeah. Um, and if there's uh, there's things happening in the world that are important, other people are the suffering. Uh, of, of other people is is worth noting. Um, how the royals are doing is a uh, conversation. Yeah. It, was, it was, and it, I liked just the 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 gravity of of the the columns, the grayness, even of the Topeka Capital Journal, the the uh, uh, an austerity uh, and reserve, even in the headlines um, and the, the and the design that seemed to suggest that the adult world was. Orderly, columnar, uh, <laughs> reserved, austere, well-considered, thoughtful, uh, complex, 
and uh, connected, um, which does not turn out to be, and none of that is true. No. Yeah. No, I'm it, sure it was not true at the time, but at least there was a veneer of it. There was a, people were devoted their lives to putting on a show of it. And now everybody walks around in uh, uh, cut-off jeans and, and T-shirts with the, the, that uh, say things on them. And these <laughs> are grown-ups. <laughs> you, know? you, lo- you lost me right at people. the end there. You lost me with the T-shirts and the cut-off. You see these people? Yeah. See these grown-ups, who are, many of whom are younger than me? <laughs> dressed like, uh, um, like it's a... Uh, community service day at at camp, you know. Everybody's almost everybody in America right now is dressed um, so that they could uh, 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 like get some paint on what they're wearing and throw it away, and that would be fine. <laughs> talk about old man talk. My goodness. <laughs> well, I I. Uh... So you mentioned that in addition to Entertainment Weekly, you also subscribe to the New Yorker, and I subscribe to the New Yorker as well. And they they are um, they're notorious in, in our household for sending out panicked renewal yeah, yeah. documents like a year yeah. and a half before your subscription yeah. is due to expire. So yeah. I've gotten and I've, into I've, I've, which I've I've fallen victim to once or twice over the years yeah me too i I, uh, I think the last time i sent the money i subscribed for like three years um and then the panicked uh envelopes kept coming and i kept so i just learned to ignore them but now <laughs> now it's actually expired uh, oh, and it's i have actually, to i have to renew it or not you come to it. distrust any correspondence right? from New York people. so yeah unless it's unless it's a check uh yeah. oh and by the way the new york times so I occasionally write something for the New York Times, and right. um, the and they send a check. Uh, but then their subscription department send also sends things that look like checks. Oh no! The, the things where you've got to tear the strips off yeah. the sides and the top, and little window, little clear window. Uh, no, it's like the it's like the all in one thing that. Um, where you take the you know you take the zip strips off the three sides and you unfold it and then oh, you can yeah. tear oh, like the check, check out of there. And yeah. by the way, the guy who invented that yeah. and made a uh, billion dollars off of it lives down the road from where my family rents a house in on Long Beach Island, and he has a hideous Mickey Mouse mailbox. And <laughs> it's a it's it's a conventional mailbox, but it's uh-huh. in a housing that's like a thick. Uh, like maybe th- two inch thick slab of wood with a cartoon of Mickey holding the lunchbox, and um, it's sort of a, a landmark. When we, you know, when we're going to the house uh, for the first time every year, we pass the Mickey Mouse uh, mailbox, and we know that we're almost there. And uh, it disappeared for a couple of years. And as I, I, I later, I saw there was a handwritten sign there on the mailbox. Um, and when I was taking a walk a few days later, I checked it out, and it said. Wondering where the Mickey Mouse mailbox is? Mickey is undergoing renovations. And uh, so there was no Mickey that year. And then the um, the following year, uh, he was back. Except now, instead of just being painted um, like uh, like you might see in a, in a cartoon uh-huh. in the paper. Yeah. Uh, black uh, and white, red pants, yellow buttons. Exactly. Suspenders. Exa- exactly as you'd expect. Okay. Uh-huh. So now it's the same 
picture, the same pose, except now little bits of shading have been put in. So mm. it, it, it now looks like the CGI version yeah. um, of the same character, and it looks ridiculous. It's it's att- it's attempting the whole idea of putting Mickey Mouse on a two inch thick slab of wood. You are essentially taking that flat two dimensional version of him, and that's that's what the nostalgia I presumed yeah. was for, yeah. not some ca- current idea of what a cartoon character ought to be. Anyway, um, so that's what the those are the things that the New York Times now sends their please subscribe note notices in. So I will think- I'll take one out of my non Mickey Mouse mailbox, yeah, and I'll think aha. I, I I'd forgotten that I'd already been paid for the last review that I wrote. Yeah. I figured this is a new check from the New York Times, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm thinking, yeah. great, it's great. Whatever, we can eat three, today, exactly. Yeah. Or you know, it'll be like you know, this is an unexpected couple of hundred dollars, uh-huh. and yeah. we can go out to dinner or something. And uh, I open it up, and it's like, well, you have, why why did you cancel your subscription? And the yeah, reason I canceled my subscription is that the asshole who delivered it threw it in the bushes every time, intentionally. I think. That's right. Uh, presumably because we didn't tip him enough or something. I can only imagine because once I thought it through, it might have been a Boston guy. It's real easy not to throw it in the bush. Really, yeah. really, really easy. Yeah, there's a little more torque, a little different angle. Just uh, you know, or th- or or let it let it go four seconds earlier so it lands in the yeah. yard. It's a nice big yard, nice big driveway, always under the same the same shrub. And I would have to c- crawl into there in my bathrobe in the snow. No, that's no good. No. So I don't. I don't miss that. Yeah. No, I understand that. I understand. Oh, but the New Yorker. So I am gonna. I am gonna renew the New Yorker. And and the reason is this. I mean, the New Yorker often has good writing in it, and. I, I like keeping up to date on a sort of it's like a conservative, not politically conservative, but conservative overview of contemporary culture, not sort of leading edge culture, but things that might be interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, and because I don't live in New York City, um, I'm not aware of a lot of these things, so it's good to keep up. But I think the main purpose of the New Yorker in my life is what you were describing the newspaper as meaning to people in the past, which is information of a certain kind arranged in a certain reliable way so that yeah. is your window onto that yeah. reality and it does not change yeah some order and structure yeah yeah uh, we get it although here's a sign of it uh, we, we we get it um and i read i read the paper version uh jill reads the new yorker um uh, she gets it a little before me because she reads everything that she, i don't think she's touched the paper version she reads it on her ipad yeah um, so it's nice. I don't have to share the New Yorker. You know, I can disfigure it, yeah. edit it as I please. I don't have to <laughs> cut things out, rearrange things, <laughs> make collages. It's mine. But so, uh, I, you know, I, I, I just I still don't like to read on the on the tablets. No, just, just my on eyes. Your, I just don't. On your blip lap. Yeah, it's hard enough to read. At all. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm still adjusting to glasses, yeah. right? It's been a year with glasses, and I've got the distance glasses and the reading glasses, and and uh, um, 
and uh, so I, I still uh, just like driving and reading are still still getting used to doing them without uh, you know with with the, with this assistance. Uh, it's better. Yeah, I tried on a bunch of reading glasses when I was at the Jersey Shore last week, just because um, I'm gonna need something because my my distance vision is pretty much stabilized. I mean, it's bad, but it's stable. Um, but it's like it's like my eyes strain. I need a great deal of light to read at night, uh, so mm-hmm. I brought in a new brighter lamp, and uh, I kind of lose focus. And I, and you know, if I'm looking at a computer, I have to increase the the font size and so on. And uh, I tried on reading glasses, and it didn't didn't work at all. No, nope. no, the like none of them worked. So I think what I, I think I have no farsightedness. I think just my nearsightedness is creeping closer and closer. No, that makes sense. Yeah, maybe it does. Yeah, this is the old people's podcast. Yeah, you've been listening to with. <laughs> Old man John Lennon, old man Ed Skoog. Yes, it's this is not news to anyone uh-huh. who listens to the podcast. It is the it is has always been an old man podcast. Yeah. If we'd started it when we were twenty, it would have been an old man podcast. It would have been older. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm you and I have thing. always aspired to be to be uh, in our sixties. No aspiration. I just always have been. I've always been an old man. <laughs> I have. I have been. I understood things late. You just smoked Missed a pipe. Missed the window on a lot of things. You're the only the only 25-year-old I knew who was smoking a pipe. Oh, I still wish I could. It's too stinky. Can't you can't what? you can't just do it out of doors? Does it just is it It gets in your clothes, clothes, you know, and it's just uh <laughs> no, I don't have the time. I like smoking a pipe. I don't like the way smoking a pipe looks. Um and it's hard to get the right tobacco. Um, surely, surely, Portland, Oregon, has a has a thriving tobacco culture. I think there's a lot of pipes stuck in those hidden in, inside those beards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely a little pipe rack. As with moving to Seattle in 1996. And having really, even by 1996, there being no trace of the grunge era that had just ended that still defines people's images of Seattle. Yeah. I believe that the Portland depicted in Portlandia and the impression that people have nationally of Portland is something I also have missed and of which there is very little trace of in its exaggerated form. That's a that's a well constructed sentence. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. So, what in your mind characterizes Portland that the greater culture uh, has missed or may not ever have been aware of? Um, its intense whiteness is is noticeable. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I mean, Seattle's very white too, but it has a little more mix. Um. The Portland that I've seen is is uh, I think it's a very very segregated city. Ah, very segregated city. Are there places where that are there neighborhoods where that is less so? Statistically, maybe, but I haven't seen them. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, there's some there's some neighborhoods that are being gentrified quickly, um, but. Uh, 
I don't I don't think it's a, a stable mix. It's one of yeah. I was gonna say I, pushed out. I wasn't thinking of I wasn't thinking about one group uh, pressing yeah. in and another being pushed out. I was actually thinking of one that's fair, fairly fairly diverse in terms of where all the all the you know uh, c- class and race don't fill the same sets. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I don't that's know. not a thing, probably. I don't think so. It was a nice city. I love it. Big fan. Enjoy Portland. Yeah. I wish. I wish. Uh, I wish maybe we'd moved here a little uh, a year earlier. Maybe we could have afforded a house in it. Th- that, you know, we're, that, we're, that, we're surprised to find that it's difficult to. Uh, um, difficult to. We're having trouble finding what we had pictured. Uh, something that I think was available to us in the whole twenty years that we've been thinking about moving to Portland. I think we finally do, and uh, and we missed it. So are you going to have to, um, be, you know, be part of the very gentrification that you are not crazy about existing? No, I don't think so. I think, uh, um, I'm not sure. I have no idea. I think we're going to have to live in an inflatable raft in the river. Ooh. Tethered to uh, um, a, a sea lion. <laughs> and we're just trusting. Oscar will, Oscar will love that. Oh, he's going to love the, it. They're going to become the best of friends. For the first 10 or 15 yeah. minutes. They'll throw a striped ball to each other. Um, <laughs> learn to balance things on their noses. <laughs> um, it's going to be a nice life down there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, to seeing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, uh, as a friend was visiting, James Hoke. A uh, poet from uh, um, New Jersey. H. Or lives in New York. H O C H. H O C H. H O C H. Was visiting with his his two kids, and we went to a climbing gym. The kids like to climb, so found one. Did did, uh, uh, did your visiting poet friend climb the wall? No, no, no adults climbed. Only children. Mm-hmm. Although there were lots of very fit adults climbing. They do that. Uh, yeah, there was nobody who looked like me and James climbing. I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, is he is he also a big man? I mean, they looked. No, no, he's not. He's not that big, but he's he still didn't look like anybody who was climbing. I mean, we looked. Some of the people climbing looked like us. It was because there were three or four of them in a row, and you're looking at them from the side. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, there. Oh no, that's not. Are you that's, ever mistaken for three or four fit, that's four fit people. people in their twenties? All the time. Yeah. All the time. You know, I got a nice face, you know. My skin is pretty good. <laughs> Someone's like, ah, I think I'll go hang out with those people. Oh. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's a crowd. <laughs> they look like a fun bunch. <laughs> That's a fun crowd. <laughs> oh. So we go, into the, we go into this climbing gym. Yeah. And uh, the guy the guy running it, running the, running the, the front desk, we're signing in, sees my name, looks at me and says, oh. You read Skoog. Uh, uh, he had he had been in a, a class, and then a you know I went down and gave a, a reading a few years ago, a number of years ago, at Western Oregon University, yeah, a little former teachers' college in Monmouth. Um, and then afterwards, there was a nice party up in, in like some professors, my hosts, like little cabin up like a town higher up in the foothills. It was a fun night. There was you know banjos and guitars were produced. There was some beer. Very pleasant evening. Um, I didn't really remember anybody, but he was there, and uh, he was running. Now he's running this climbing gym, and he said, "Oh, you know, it was good to see you." 
and waved me through. Didn't have to pay a penny. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. It impressed my visitors. Yeah, I bet. They did not get in on the same discount. <laughs> I would, you know, this makes me, Made me think, feel like a local. Uh, I, th- I think that's great. I think that's great. I got recognized at a record store a few weeks ago um, because someone had seen my band. Yeah. And uh, Starry Mountain Sweetheart the Band. Starry Mountain Sweetheart Band. And I was, I was startled by this because as a writer, you know, I, needless to say, I'm much better at writing and better known as a writer. But um, There could but be somebody who's read all of your work and is a big <laughs> fan. And they're standing right next to you at Baskin exactly. Robbins. Would have no idea. My assumption is that most of the people standing next to me at Baskin Robbins are big fans. That's your crowd. Because That's the your... readers are too shy to tell me how much they appreciate my work. They love um, ice cream. But this guy, you know, just I was standing there at the at the bin, and this guy said, "You're John. I like your band." It was great. It was great. It's good. That you were doing it for. Yeah. What? That's the whole the whole purpose of the band. I guess so. I guess yeah. so. Um, of course, I did. The band is gone. Everyone is gone. Yeah. Everyone is they're going like, away. They're all newspapers. I'm having farewell drinks with yet another departing former student this afternoon. I yeah. guess that's kind of that's kind of normal though, because they go. But my yeah. goodness, though, what a what a diaspora out of my life. New doors opening. New doors open for them. Some doors, yeah. For for some doors close for you. <laughs> other doors open for others. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. One hand claps. No one hears. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, the hand is not clapping because it is sad. Yeah. It's an imaginary hand. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Your body's actually paralyzed. You're just imagining movement. Uh, others. Yeah. So you know what you know what happened to me last week at, when I was on vacation. What happened to me every day, just about, I had a panic attack almost really? every day. And this is not like me. And I realized what it was. Um, at the Jersey Shore, at least on the island. Proximity to Ray Romano? Yeah, well, actually, speaking of newspapers, that's all Ray Romano did all yeah. week. He's, he, sat, um, he sat on a, you know, a beach chair down on the beach and uh, with, a, with a big old beard. And he read the newspaper every day while his children played volleyball. Um, and it, it, you know, I, no one else on the beach was reading the paper. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone else had a library book or a Kindle or something. It but, can be hard to read a newspaper outside because of wind. Yeah, well, he was making it happen. He, yeah. He'd found a little pocket of, uh, um, uh-huh. of calm uh, inside which he could read his paper. But I, I um, for a moment, I kind of envied envied him i was like he's in his little world there with the paper he's mm. just eating the paper up the with the you know everything is going on around him and he's just then i realized that i could i could do that too we had beach chairs and we had newspapers oh. my yeah. father and uncle always buy the paper and so i could do that but i didn't want to and then i didn't envy him anymore i want to take walks which is what i did to get over to overcome my feelings of anxiety that i experienced um Inside small businesses on Long Beach Island, New Jersey, all the small businesses are cash only because yeah. they can so, be. Yeah. Uh, and 
All of them are unchanged since 1965. All of them are immensely crowded uh, and cramped with people. And uh, all of them require waiting in line for a mm. long time. And hemmed in in these like narrow aisles um, yeah. with all these people. And they all seemed to be into it, you know. But I was hyperventilating like i and once i realized like i would after as the week went by i decided i would avoid any possible if at all possible i would avoid going into any business ever but every day a new thing came up it's like you know to one kid needs sunscreen or the you know or uh, i gotta go get everybody lunch and i end up there at the rush hour and i'm crapped trapped in this little cramped space with people in front of me and people behind me there's one place where you gotta you walk in and it's like the it's a seafood restaurant with a with a display case in front of you and then to the left there's a desk where you order and then to the right there's a desk where you pay which is an absurd system yeah but um so that what they do is they take your order, they take your name, and then they convey the order to the kitchen, and then a, a copy of it gets printed out over at the other desk. So you have to go from one desk to the other. So there's, and the these it's like a little hallway essentially that's four feet wide, and it's crammed with people, and they're all walking in opposite directions to each mm-hmm. other. And I I I I almost I was sweating. I was trying not to like whimper. Mm-hmm. It was very strange. Yeah, you and felt I don't that before. Being, I don't remember being afflicted by this before. No, I mean everybody became, around you is in tourist mode, which is, in other words, sort of caricatured exaggerations of uh, having a good time or <laughs> feeling alienated as well. So you're you're in, picking up on that. Your body's yeah. picking up on that. In I my think. false memory of it, certainly, yes, yeah. they they were, and I was. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, I, I maybe I just don't like vacations. Have you ever thought about smoking pot? Yeah, I've smoked it. Yeah, but were you at this time? What, was I smoking pot <laughs> yeah. while this? No, yeah. no. Because you're describing my memory of like pot paranoia and yeah. ill feeling. You know, it, it's very similar to that. You're right. Yeah. I was not. I was not smoking pot, but that is typically how I feel when I do. Yeah. So unpleasant. Yeah, yeah. not not good at all, yeah. and and a lack of control over my thoughts. Yeah. Um, which has always been a problem for me, but as you know, with age I've sort of learned to calm down and, and stay on a track. Yeah. Um but not uh not at off the hook. <laughs> off the hook. Did you have to flee? Did you feel not like fleeing? Anchor produce. I did not flee. I stuck it out did every bolt? time. Nope, I didn't bolt. I one I bolted once. Uh I was at a surf Come back shop. and say, Where's the sunscreen? And you say I bolted. I uh, <laughs> no sunscreen. People would understand. Sorry, I, I bolted. No, they would not. I had to flee. <laughs> they would not understand. But uh, your skin if, will burn now. <laughs> family burning my family. <laughs> uh, I was going to buy a Hawaiian shirt at a surf shop. That's a bad idea. Um, and I actually not went a good back. look for you. Not you a good know look, what? John. Y- you know what, Ed? Yeah. Uh, it actually. Was pretty nice. I'm going to send you a picture. Do you have it's, the shirt there in the house somewhere? Presently, I, I do. I bought the shirt. I had to go back and buy it though because I was having a panic attack. Oh. So I, I went back at a different time when not so many people were there. Um, okay. Did it me... calm you? The Hawaiian shirt? Yeah, 
Actually, it did. And I had a, um, the picture I'm going to send you is of me out on the deck having a grapefruit shandy and uh, wearing nice. a shirt. Which, uh, which album are you listening to by Jimmy Buffett? <laughs> I, was, I was actually listening to The New Pornographers. They're, they have a tribute album to Jimmy Buffett? <laughs> <laughs> the New Pornographers <laughs> cover B-Sides, Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> yeah. They could, they could do it. They could do it well, I think. They could pull it off. Why? Why is it so? Why do I not understand how to get <laughs> photos into the Skype conversation? I don't know. Here, 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 Skype. here it comes. Here it comes. We talked about Zoom Zoompano as uh, being the precursor of the uh, new pornographers. That was also very good. Yeah. Which Which of the Which of the songwriters was in Zoompano? AC Newman. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you like the shirt? I heard I heard the noise of it arriving. Oh, <laughs> um, I like it. It's a yeah. Uh, yeah. I think I think a Hawaiian shirt that that is the, the undercolor is white or cream. Yeah, is better than like black or green. Oh yeah, the yeah. dark. Ones. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. I think it's got some hibiscus on it. Yeah, some kind of feathery hibiscus. It's very hibiscus pretty. Isn't uh-huh. it pretty? It's a pretty blouse. See, you have a nice. A nice Hawaiian blouse. <laughs> it, I liked it so much, I actually re-entered a surf shop to buy it. Yeah. No, I, I do like it. I do like it. Thank you. Yeah. That's a good shirt. Hey, I bought my uh, Missoula plane ticket. Oh, I need to figure out my plan. Um, it's coming up. It's happening really quickly. Yeah. September. It's going to be so much fun, John. No panic attacks I think. I don't think... I don't think it's. I don't think we're gonna have any trouble. I think no, we're gonna have a good gonna, time. We're gonna, we're gonna have some coconut bras, and Hawaiian shirts, and mai tais, and uh, flip flops, and uh, it'll be nice. Doesn't sound September's, like September in Montana to me, but September is a nice time to be in Montana. I think it's the best yeah. time to be in Montana. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh huh gonna have yeah. a good time nah 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 you know what i'm really pissed at bill cosby and not just for raping 35 women uh it's it's just i have so much freaking cosby in my head for my entire childhood yeah had so many cosby records all Let it these go. jokes these Let routines, it go. it's not it was these... always it was always that was never that funny Ugh. the noah thing this, yeah it's okay you know, my mother-in-law always always thought he he was up to something, and she 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 got this entirely from his expression, his facial expression at the end of the pudding commercial. She thought a man who is capable of making that facial expression uh-huh. is probably doing something man. very very bad. Yeah, a lot of his comedy was about getting away with stuff. <laughs> it's almost all about getting away with stuff, right? Really. Isn't a lot of it's about getting away with stuff, particularly um, about tr- getting away with stuff from w- from women, um, and uh, often being caught and punished by women for trying to for being sneaky. Like wh- like which often it'd be like being sneaky, like trying to get cookies or um, <laughs> uh-huh. like goofy stuff. Yeah. You know, but it's often about about 
uh, trying to, to keep up a veneer and deceive women uh, for, for goofy stuff. Usually cookies. Yeah. Sandwiches. Secret desires like jazz music <laughs> or a silly hat. <laughs> you know, the things that he likes to do. Yeah. A lot of his work is about a secret life. I almost want to re-listen to it to find ev evidence of the future, or I suppose present at the time, rapist. Yeah. I don't know uh, if he's done it. For, I don't know if there's any accusations that say he's been doing it recently. It seems like he was doing it, the most of the women have come forth. It was during the time of his greatest success in public presence, Cosby Show and before. It's just, you you know, you're, you're, are, uh, you're massively successful and greatly beloved, and so you parlay that into raping? Yeah. Really? In this weird serial killer-y um, way, the sedation, that's the... I think that's what is... I mean, there's so many things that are incredibly disturbing about it, but... It's that's, the sedation. It's, it's the drugging yeah. of it. It's it is it's really it's really bad. It's so bad. It's bad. Oh God. Yeah, it's not it's not a bit funny. No. Not a bit funny. Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ. That's even it's even worse thinking about. I mean, I, I mean, here I am talking about my own suffering, ha having Bill Cosby routines in my head when I'm not the one suffering here. But right, I think a lot right. of people are feeling this way. You got we, off easy. Oh, yeah, right. Vis a vis, Bill Cosby. All have this stuff stuck in our heads forever. You're shrugging. You're you're, I, you're, I think, you're I think, over it. I think, You've it. I think it's I think it's easy to forget. Yeah, easy to forget. Yeah, I'm not it. saying it's so good. I rem I remember yeah. it. I know. I'm just saying yeah. I remember it. You can just let it go, like the Beatles. I've let the Beatles go <laughs> Have you after really? the horrible revelations. You <laughs> <laughs> don't need to go into that. You can let things go. You know, I think, um, I think I that you talking about how uh, how Johnny Cash, beloved figure, was uh, nearly disemboweled and killed by his pet ostrich in 1976. <laughs> I think you've told me that. <laughs> and how had that happened all yeah. of our treasured memories and thoughts and connotations <laughs> with that sort of kind of struggling you know fatherly godlike <laughs> yet also human um figure and that great that great gift of a voice all we would associate it with was that hillbilly who got killed by his ostrich yeah you're right you're totally right <laughs> you know and bill cosby he was killed by his by the ostrich that is himself <laughs> by the ostrich inside of him the monstrous beakless ostrich uh, roaming around in the desert of his lust what <laughs> well done well contextualized and, and you're welcome impressed. very impressed <laughs> um so food. yeah what are, we're gonna let's talk about food oh god what are we gonna eat in montana grinders no is that a grinder thing scrapple last time what, we what's talked the local about, thing jojo's last time we, <laughs> yeah, definitely jojo's from orange street food farm but yeah. uh, the last time i talked to you about food in missoula you said um you didn't want to eat 
and I quote you, another goddamn Missoula sandwich. I probably will, though. I'll probably have a Reuben. I've been eating, I've been enjoying Reubens and patty melts. And I've been thinking, I had oh, a patty really? melt yesterday. Um, I was, I was enjoy. I was halfway through a patty melt when the phone call from daycare came. Um, and so I, I, here's how much I love my son. I abandoned my patty melt for my child. I abandoned my patty melt. I abandoned my patty melt. But it was the half I had was pretty good. You didn't, you didn't eat the rest when you got home. There might be blood thing. Um, no, I didn't, didn't even have time to like request a box. I was like. Threw down my yuppie food coupon and yeah. uh, ran off. And um, but I was thinking at, at that moment of of how nice it was. I think the whole point of drinking too much and staying out till the bars closed in Missoula for me was to then go get a patty melt at that place in the basement um, yeah, the, afterwards. The palace, the palace. Yeah, I loved that patty melt. I loved me too that drunken patty melt. That restored every well, almost everything. Do you were you there when there was a guy? We sort of knew the guy. <laughs> uh, was, uh, I think like a lot of of the other people in the program, he had come to Missoula from the the east. Yeah. Maybe he'd gone to a good college and was in Missoula, but was living a kind of a decadent methy. Um, he was running around with Brian Jasperson. That's I knew him through Brian. Oh uh, yeah, well, but you, you know, a, a nice enough guy when he was, you know, you could talk to him he, at the bar. He, he wasn't in the writing program. He was just a friend. No, of no, he was just in Missoula. <laughs> okay, no. Um, anyway, anyway, he was often around at things, uh, but not part of our group. Can't remember his name, but he was down there in the palace kitchen once. Whenever we were down there, it was a big, big group of us. You know, it was yeah, three in the morning, probably right. Gotta be and. Uh, uh, this guy, I think he had been at Al's uh, with us or wherever, but he was sitting at the counter um, trying to eat, eating some pancakes. He's bald, okay. young bald man, young, handsome, uh, but you know he's in bad shape, and uh, he was eating a pancake and he fell off, it fell backwards off of his stool, just from from drunkenness. Just from drunkenness, yeah. I mean, maybe the stool. I mean, you know, could have been poor, a bad stool. I mean that wasn't a great, you know. His his inner ostrich was on. But I'm suspecting it was probably his intense drunkenness at three in sure. the morning. Yeah, twenty five year old man, and he fell back and uh, cut his head and just started. You know how you get a head cuts bleed more than you know. Yeah, you get a small cut in your head, it bleeds a lot. You know? It's very disturbing looking, even if you're not badly hurt. Yeah. Bright red blood, and he's bleeding yeah. terribly. And so they called they they called like an ambulance or the police. I don't know. Ambulance came. And uh, but he uh, he was having none of it. Didn't really understand that he was bleeding. Understood his hunger, so he was he, was, <laughs> he got back up and was trying to continue eating his pancakes, <laughs> even as he was bleeding into them. <laughs> bloody I don't pancakes! Think I was there that night. Bloody oh. delicious pancakes! Oh God! Yeah, bloody delicious! <laughs> Literally, these pancakes, and they were good pancakes. Fluffy. Big fluffy pancakes. I don't think I ever had pancakes at the palace, but I okay. So remind me what what constitutes a patty melt? What are the parameters of a patty melt? Well, it's a burger. Yeah, uh, with a uh, you know cheese and I think uh, you got like grilled onions on there. 
But you can. But it's not like regular it. sandwich bread. It's not open like toast. Faced. Okay, no. it's on toast. All right. It's on toast. I mean, it's grilled too. The, um, uh, so I don't know if it, I don't know if it starts out on toast or if it becomes toast. So I think I think it seems a little, a little pressed. It's always really greasy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You know, like a patty melt. Yeah, grilled onions are an important part of it. Okay. Really greasy. Yeah. Nice. Get a little pickle. I mean, it's in the same food group as BLTs and Rubens. Have I talked about the um, burgers I've been making? No. All right. First of all. My experiment of installing a um, installing a park grill it, uh, at my patio. Did I tell you about this? Have I talked about no. this on the podcast? All right, this is important. Um, You're a handyman. Well, we've we've always had a uh, a, a gas grill that my folks gave me, um, and I never used Propane. it. Propane. Yeah, because number one. Um, I never know how much propane is in the tank. Yeah. So every every time I go out, I'm feeling like, well, is, is it going to give out halfway through? That happened once. That happened once yeah. and it ruined dinner and then yeah. I never used the grill yeah. again cuz I don't want to I don't want that to happen again. So, um and then you know, and then I got it filled up again and it was good it supposedly would be good for a while, but then I'd forgotten when the last time I had filled it up was and also it doesn't impart any particular flavor with the gas grill so what's mm, the you know not why to the not same just, degree yeah no why not just cook it inside it's just like you're cooking yeah. it's just outdoor cooking it's, it's not the heat really the, yeah yeah though i guess the particular kind of heat yeah yeah um so uh and i had this idea that charcoal just tasted chemically but it turns out that that's just oh, cheap, no. cheap charcoal tastes yeah. like chemicals so um I was out with a bunch of friends in Stewart Park here in Ithaca, having a having a birthday party for somebody. Or no, it was at a different park. But um, and we were just grilling on one of these park grills, you know, that swivel. They're the way a zillion pounds, and they're incredibly thick, sturdy, you know, um, uh, uh, grill. But what, what do you call it? The grate that you grill the stuff on. And it was fun, and it tasted delicious. And I thought, why don't I just install one of these? I bet a sit. I bet a private citizen could own one of these things. Oh, easily, easily, right? I had never thought about that before, uh, and I thought this is super, super, super um, uh, simple, and uh, I should own one. So I bought one, and it's manufactured by Pilot Rock, is the name of the company. Um, I'll I'll link to it. Um, and it's you know the instructions are intended for like the the manager of a public park to install it, and how to there's a mechanism I didn't use this mechanism but there's a mechanism by which you permanently attach the grill onto the top so that it's very hard to remove so somebody yeah. can't just throw it in their truck and get away and and the poles set in cement so I poured some cement and I made a little made a little uh, you know t- sort of tiled area or flagstoned area. Nice. Nice. And I've been grilling a couple of times a week, and it's spectacular. It's mm-hmm. small, so everything is very limited. There's a limited number of things I can do, but mm-hmm. um, I, I strongly, strongly recommend that. What have you been grilling? Well, I've been grilling all manner of things, like pork products from the piggery, which is a local sort of um, 
or uh, gets gets pork from organic farms, and they're sort of expert butchers. They have steaks there too now, and there and that's also where you can get really nice charcoal that does oh, not nice. taste like chemicals. Um, and uh, but the main thing is this: uh, Nicole Cliff, one of the editors of the Toast, the website, um, mm-hmm. she posted this burger recipe that has changed burgers for me forever and it is this you put no you put um you know you just make your patties normally you don't you don't need any like uh seasonings into the meat you leave the meat as it is and all the seasonings go on the outside you're not putting uh to you're not mixing in uh onion and no mustard or anything just to make a patty make a patty Everything's going to go on the outside where it will form, help to form a crust. So I'm, I'm using sort of, uh, you know, like little uh, large grains of uh, sea salt. Put them in a little bowl. And then you put in a crap ton of um, oregano and oh. cumin. Cumin is, the, is an important spice. And then you can add, you know, I, I added a bunch of cracked pepper which I yeah. like on a burger, and yeah. um, a little bit of uh, garlic powder. But the main yeah. thing is the salt, the cumin, and the oregano. And you put w- way more of these things into this mix than you think you need. Yeah. And she has a specific recipe, and I'll link to it. But uh, And then you coat the whole outside of the burger, and then you just you can cook them in a pan if uh, you don't want to go outside, but they taste fantastic grilled. You turn them exactly once, um, and oh. they are fantastic, incredibly flavorful, very juicy because these this the spice mix holds the holds the juices in. So uh, I'm there try you it. go. I'm try um, it. Wonder if it would work on a broiler in, in a in an oven. Probably. Yeah, it here would. it is. May yeah. May fifteenth. And she she makes mini burgers. She does it as mini burgers for two. Yeah. So it's uh, if you have a pound of ground beef, you'll need two tablespoons of oregano, one tablespoon of cumin, one tablespoon of olive oil, salt and pepper to taste. That's a lot of cumin. It's a shit ton of cumin. Yeah. And I, I you know the first time I did it, I under I under added cumin because I thought yeah. no that can't be right. This type. And I there I was like, you know, man seasoning. <laughs> Uh, against her will, and I was yeah. wrong, very wrong. So, I'll, I'll like do you uh, ground cumin? Ground cumin, yeah, yeah. Are there other forms? Nice. Like, well, it's cumin seed on ground. Oh, oh, yeah, which is nice, and it's nice to toast it or just like you know fry, it, toss it up in a pan for a, a second, uh, five, five or ten seconds. Cumin seed, that's very nice. And then you do that, and then ground it, grind it yourself, and you've got sort of toasted ground cumin, uh, texture-wise, mm. very nice, very nice. I use a lot of it when I make taco meat for tacos, or burritos, or enchiladas. We typically just use the mix, but I, oh, I think... mix is too much salt. Yeah, too much salt. In the well, mixes. I use I use about half of the mix, um, half yeah. of the amount that they want me yeah. to use. No, I hate those. I hate the mixes. Mixes are terrible, I think. Do you have? You should share your taco recipe. You should. You should type it up. You should blog. Well, it's it. mostly cumin. Yeah, 
So, you know, brown, you know, you have to take some ground beef or ground turkey, um, you know, brown it um, in the pan, add a lot of, a lot of cumin, um, cayenne, and p- p- paprika. Paprika. Uh, uh, I try not to use any salt in it, not because I'm against salt. I just think that, that uh, the, the salt just ruins the taste of a taco. Because a lot of stuff is going to have be, it's going to be salty anyway, for some reason. Uh, what salt, is your salt just sneaks in? What's your preferred brand of charcoal? Oh, I don't have a, I don't have I haven't used a charcoal grill for years. Oh, you're using a gas grill? I don't even. Uh, I don't even have a gas grill. Yeah, I'm not grilling lately. I know. We have I a gas. Not... We have a we have a gas grill. Um, I and the, the propane's usually. Fine. Um, they last a long time. Those canisters. Yeah. yeah. Longer uh, than you think. By the way, the the uh, charcoal I've been using is called Stubbs. And oh, from the Stubbs from branded by the the Austin barbecue. Yeah. Place sauce. Yeah, man. I found it. Uh, uh, I got it mesquite? at Walmart. It's mesquite. No, it's just natural, all natural charcoal briquettes, and you, oh. you know, I use a, a chimney to light them with a little uh-huh. burning some. Oh, those are good, yeah. Yeah, and, I wish uh, we'd had those when I was a kid. Yeah, it's amazing how existed. reliable it is. Yeah, you don't need the fluid. But um, there's this article. Do you know the the website, the Sweet Home? No, it's the it's the sister site or brother site. I don't know why the domestic one should be called sister. Should, so the brother nightmare, nightmare apartment. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, to oh, I got a piece up wire. on Nightmare Apartment. <laughs> it's, it's about cats. Um, it's called uh, it's called the Sweet Home, and it's uh, the it's uh, um, it and the Wire Cutter are review sites, really focused, kind of curated review sites. The Sweet Home for home products, and the Wire Cutter for tech products. But the Sweet Home did this long, 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 long article on charcoal briquettes. Uh-huh. And which are the best tasting ones, and which burn the best, um, and so uh, I, I recommend uh, Stubbs. Stubbs, I will check it out. I also yeah. check out Sweet Home, and there's something called Royal Oak too that they also recommend. Uh, Royal Oak is lump charcoal, so it's like irregularly shaped, um, and I like that too. Uh-huh. Very nice. Yeah. So there you go. You tried to. You, you're not set up for smoking, and then that, that kind of a grill. No, no, I haven't done that. Smoking's nice. We can smoke. We've had all these things. My father-in-law but, is a smoker. Yeah, like a smoker. But right now we just have a, a little apartment oven. So I use the broiler. It does pretty much the same thing as far as the heat application. You know, Cumin's great. A lot oh, of cilantro. Should I, should, are we going to... Should I do some seasonal eating now that uh, September is within sight? Should I plan to do fall things? What do you do in What do you do in fall that you don't do in summer? It's too too early for fall. Uh, but are you, have you have you been making sebaitos uh, on no. your uh, on your um, grill? This is a good thing to do. So uh, especially this time of year, you can get green onions, yeah. in great quantities, and just dip them in olive oil. Put on some salt. Wait. And put them on the grill. Spell this word for me. C-E-B-A-L-L-I-T-O-S, I think. Little onions, right? Ceballitos. Ceballitos, little onions. Okay, so say it again. How do you do it? 
I think CEB. No, no, no. How, how do you cook them? Oh, um, so just take take uh, green onions, just drench them in olive oil, and some uh, some salt, and just put them on the grill. Wow. For uh, oh, I don't know, not very long, really. Is it mostly the three minutes, five minutes? Mostly the white ball. They start to get a little black. Mm-hmm. Is it the mostly no? It's, the... No, it's the rest of it. The stem. Damn. The stem. Yeah, the stem gets really nice, and you use a um, you know use a spatula or a tongs to to get them off because they're going to be limp. Going to be kind of limp. Uh, and then you just uh, um, people just usually just kind of grab grab it by the you know the the, end, the bulb and just eat them like uh, like like pasta with your fingers. All right. The correct spelling is C E B O L L I T A S Cebollitas. Yeah, little onions. And, uh, got a little, a little. Uh, oh, this uh, uh, Epicurious is suggesting you squeeze a little lime juice onto it. That'd be fine. Yeah, fine. Um, yeah. I'd never thought to do this. This is good. This oh, is it's great, and it's nice to do at the beginning because you can do it. You don't have to wait till the grill's super hot for it either. They'll, they'll, you know, it's, it's vegetable. It's thin. There's not much there. Yeah, I think you're mostly just getting the water out of it. Well, what you can do if you're, say, making burgers is you reserve half the grill for toasting the buns, which doesn't yeah. take very long. You take the yeah. buns off, you throw on your green onions. Yeah. I've usually, uh, usually done before everything else, so you have something for people to eat, and you can have some while you're grilling the burgers, which always takes longer than you think. Man alive. Mm-hmm. Very like nice this. to have. Okay, thank you. Know, it's you. Also ni- you know, it's also nice to grill is Brussels sprouts. You, nice to grill Brussels sprouts. You need some sort of uh, like little box, or like like you might have for fish. Yeah, or, we've got uh, one of those. Or a little, um, like a little grilling pan. That 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 takes a quite a quite a while to. Cook that takes a grill, while. I, I imagine that takes a while. But you can uh, um, you don't have to take a whole lot of space if you get a, a small grilling pan. You know, yeah. get ten or twenty Brussels sprouts. Maybe cut them in half. Maybe not. Again, just oil and salt, and. Uh, It'll take less time if you cut them in half. And that's yeah, they cool. them, always cut they them. They grow up brilliantly. Yeah, um well, I could just put them on some uh put them on some uh foil. Make a little oh, plate some out some of foil. foil. Yeah. Or some skewers. Ske- okay, so here's here's uh I I think I can I think there's zero chance my brother will listen to this. So I um, my brother made um uh kebabs at the shore. Uh-huh. Uh, and here's the problem with kebabs: if you try to put meat and vegetables on them, there is no happy medium in terms of cooking time. The meat is overcooked, and the vegetables are undercooked every time. So, uh, well, you know, I think it depends on how you do it. I think you you need to uh, um, you don't have them bunched together necessarily. Yeah, and you have uh, you know pieces of meat that are small enough. That uh, uh, that it won't take forever. I think mm-hmm. the size size of the meat and the spacing on the skewer that you can you can optimize those so everything's done. But the vegetables are going to be a, a little usually a little past. You know, they're going to be uh, pretty well charred usually. Yeah, if we're talking peppers, onions. Yeah, peppers. See, a little cube of steak. Cooks much quicker than a than a pepper. 
that is to to a edible degree. I'll get a, a large enough piece of steak then. Yeah. yeah. Large enough cube. I think you usually see inch and a half cubes. I'll tell you what doesn't work is trying to make kebabs on your uh, manifold as you're driving. <laughs> you tried it. I Matthew Dickman and I tried it. Yeah. And uh, those cubes were too big. <laughs> you need a thinner. You need thinner pieces of meat for okay. manifold engine cooking. Good. Also, good. we talked about this once before. The cars and are older too car. efficient. Cars are yeah. too efficient these days. Yeah, and a shitty car. Yeah. Thin meat and a shitty car, and you're in business. <laughs> My friend. Are you hungry for lunch? Well, then let's have lunch. Do you want some lunch? Well, then we'll give you some lunch. Do you have a hanker for lunch? Well, then It's time for love.